Can you hear me now? Stands out to me because I think about the Lord and our relationship with him. I feel like God says to us, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? When it comes to our communication with God, we are still struggling. And I'll say this. It's as if God is asking that question, can you hear me now? And it's not because God has uh, bad communication or bad service. It's not God. It's not God at all. It's because we lack the ability to hear, to hear God. I'm not going to say all of us are in that situation or in that condition, but there is a reason why so many people do not hear the, the voice of God. For a matter of fact, there's three reasons. But before I show you those three reasons and look at John chapter 10, verse 27, I want to rewind a thousand years prior to this portion of Scripture and go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. And I want you to look with me in Deuteronomy 6, 4 at Moses and his plead to the people. And he says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. This passage of Scripture is called the Shema. It's an ancient Hebrew word that means to hear or to listen. This ancient Jewish word here, the Hebrew word, is found in the Torah and it's been used over 3,000 years as a prayer. They still today use it. In the morning and in the evening, they're praying it. They've been doing that for over 3,000 years. Shema is a very common word in the Hebrew Bible and it's obviously why. Because hearing is a universal activity. It's Shema, the ability to hear. I, I like Proverbs 20 and verse 12 says, the hearing ear or the Shema ear and the seeing eye the Lord hath made even both of them. Hearing is connected with the ears. It's not by chance God gave us two ears and one mouth. There's a reason for that. Especially when you have kids, you realize why we have two ears and one mouth. The ability to listen to the voice of God, for some, is not easy. It's kind of difficult at times. And we start thinking on it and going, why? Why can't I hear you, God? Why can't I hear you, God? I want to hear you, God. Why can't I hear you, God? The ability to listen to the voice of God is more than just letting sound waves enter into your ears. It it, it means paying attention to what, what you hear. It's focusing on what you hear. It's responding to what you hear. Shema, the Hebrew word, is more than just listening. It's a declaration. It's a prayer to say, I want to hear the voice of God. Now, I understand that Shema is Hebrew. And we're in the New Testament now in in John chapter 10, verse 27. And in the New Testament, it's written in Greek. But I believe the application is there even for the New Testament. I believe for us, Shema must be applied when hearing the voice of God. And we need to think the same way as the Jewish people in the Old Testament were listening to the voice of Moses when he declared in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that there is one, one Lord, our God, one Lord. We proclaim that, we believe that, and we love him with, with everything we are. And we want to hear from him. We want him to know we believe in you and we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. And we don't want to just hear from you. 
We want to listen and follow you. With that understanding in mind, I want to fast forward a thousand years and let's look at this, what we're calling Life First, because we're going to kick off today a three-week series on Life Verses. Basically, these are verses that just stand out in Scripture to us as pastors that are either a Life First, personal verse, or just a verse that's just very profound that just speaks volumes to us. So I want you to look with me at this passage of Scripture found in John chapter 10, verse 27. And Jesus is speaking to the disciples and the people and the Pharisees are there too. And he says this, here we are, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. Because the shepherd and the sheep were so culturally relevant at the time of Christ, Jesus chose to use this, the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd, to illustrate to us his relationship with the believer, with us, if we have trusted Christ. An application of the same principle is found in Deuteronomy, the Shema. I want to focus on this word here and how important it is. And I want to expound on the three reasons why we have the inability to hear God sometimes. Because amongst the people that are in this room, there's some that are saying right now in their mind, I have a hard time hearing God and what he's trying to say. So, let me clarify this. I'm not talking about the audible voice of God, okay? If you're hearing the audible voice of God, we definitely need to talk after the service. I said this in the first service because I'm very interested in what he's been telling you. I'm talking about the fact that God speaks to us in unique ways. For instance, he uses his word. The Holy Spirit as a believer speaks to us through conviction and drawing and peace. Circumstances, we know that one to be true. And other believers, preachers, teachers, and those that we love that know the Lord Jesus Christ and have wisdom to guide and help us. Counselors, there's safety in the multitude of counselors. God uses those things to speak to us. Are you all with me? There are three reasons why we don't hear the voice of God. And I'm going to make it simple as I possibly can. And I'm going to look here in this portion of scripture found in John chapter 10 and verse 27. I want you to follow along with me. First reason why we don't hear the voice of God is because of false identity. False identity. John chapter 10, the beginning of verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them. False identity is believing yourself to be something you're not. It's simply this when it comes to Christianity. It's living a phony life of Christianity by going through the motions. I, I don't want to use you as an illustration, Tony. You're usually my go-to as a brother. But because of circumstances, I'm going to bypass you. Thank God we have another brother named Denny, and he's an easy target, right? <laughs> How many know my brother Denny? Raise your hand. God bless your heart. Then you will understand what I'm talking about right now. When, when I'm thinking about this false identity, I thought about something Denny told me. And I'll never forget this because it was such a funny story. He was so confident in what he did. So <clears throat> my brother was getting his um, pilot license. And uh, he was invited to a Civil Air Patrol banquet, an award banquet. It was, it was sponsored by the Air Force. And so he was so excited to go. And instead of buying a suit and tie, he decided he wanted to dress the part. So he went to an Army surplus store. And he bought a uniform, a dress uniform, an Air Force. Are y'all with me? <laughs> you see what's coming, right? A dress 
Air Force uniform. I hope he's watching right now because he'll never forget this story. It's great. He said, I show up. Everybody's there. They're so excited. And he noticed that the other ones that are with this, this group called the Civil Air Patrol, they're dressed up. But they're not necessarily dressed up like the Air Force is dressed up. But he wanted to fit in. He wanted to be a part of the group. And after a little bit of time, the Air Force, those military people, those men and women began to notice, this guy isn't part of our group. I don't even think this guy is in the Air Force. One came up to him and said, sir, uh, were you in the Air Force? And Diddy's like, no. Where'd you get your uniform? Army surplus store. How about those medals? Did you earn those medals? Bought them at the Army surplus store too. It's an award ceremony. I need some awards, right? Next thing you know, another one comes, another one comes. He wasn't very liked at this award ceremony by the end. You know why? Because he was an imposter. It was false identity. He was trying to look like he was part of the Air Force when he wasn't part of the Air Force. Bless his heart. We love you, Denny. But the fact is, just because you look the part and act the part doesn't mean you are a part. False identity when it comes to Christianity is the same. John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. There was a brotherhood with those men and women in the Air Force. Denny didn't have that brotherhood. There was a relationship. And there are some people here this morning pretending to be a part of the flock of God and thinking to themselves, I wonder why I can't hear God's voice. I wonder why I'm not convicted. I wonder why I'm not concerned about outreach and being in the community and being a part of not just sitting in a pew, but being active in the church. And the reason why so often is because you are not a part of the flock. You're an imposter. It's called false identity. And false identity has no relationship with the shepherd. These are not just sheep. These are the shepherd's sheep. Jesus said, my sheep, I know them. He said, I know each one of them, everything about them. They're my sheep. David says it this way in Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. That's very personal. In John chapter the chapter we're in 10 in verse 27, if you go down a little further or back up in verse 14 actually, you'll see it says this. He says about the sheep, I know my sheep, I'm going to paraphrase, and they know me. There's a relationship there. David in Psalms, going back to Psalms 23, he said it this way in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Notice the personal pronouns there, I and me. David said, there's a relationship here. And if you don't pay attention to the fact that God is not in a relationship with you, then you're going to miss this point, and that is this. False identity excludes the heart of the matter. You're going to miss the fact that it's not with the mind, it's with the heart. And if your heart is not in it, then you're not truly one of the sheep. Your mind may acknowledge God, but your heart is far from Him. And that's why it's so difficult for you to hear Him speak. Now, there's some other reasons why, but I want to specifically focus on this part right now. Because I am afraid that there's people in here amongst us that think because they're in church or they're a part of fellowship, they're on their way to heaven. 
Jesus said it this way, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. It's the ones that say, I acknowledge there's a God and I love Pastor Tony and I love the singing and I love this and I love being a part of the people at fellowship. We're family. But you're just showing up with an acknowledgement, but there's never been a transformation with your heart. Remember, Jesus is not just speaking to the people and to the disciples. He's speaking to the Pharisees. And he was making it very clear. Just because you're going through the motions and you have a head knowledge doesn't mean you're really part of the flock. It's a matter of the heart. Romans 10.10 says it this way. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Jesus gives a chilling conclusion to this lifestyle of false identity in Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. He says this, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name did many wonderful works. And then it says, Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. If you're amongst the flock today and you've never had the Holy Spirit speak to you and convict you, if you're lacking those fruits in your life because you don't listen to what God's Word says, I'm going to tell you, you have false identity. You're not a part of the flock. And until you repent of your ways and give your life to Jesus Christ, you will never be a part of the flock and you will never hear the voice of God. Stop pretending. Stop going through the motions. Give your life to Jesus Christ. In order to do that, it's simple. You believe with your heart and not just acknowledge with the mind. The first reason why we do not hear the voice of God is because of false identity. And I don't know who I'm speaking to in this room right now or on Facebook that may be struggling with that. And you haven't maybe given your life to Jesus Christ, but I'm pleading with you right now to give your life to Jesus Christ, to know the shepherd, to hear his voice. But I want to give you the second reason why we don't hear the voice of God. John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. The second reason we don't hear the voice of God is because of selective hearing. To hear, to shima, is to give an undivided attention to what is being said. It is uninterrupted focus on what's being said, on what you're hearing. The reason so many people struggle to hear what God is trying to say is because we're selective in what we want to hear. We call this selective hearing. How many know what I'm talking about with selective hearing? How many have no idea what I'm talking about with selective hearing? Raise your hand, raise your hand. We all have selective hearing. Y'all know I'm right. Especially if you're married. You have selective hearing. I know, let me, let me just put it this way. If a, if a husband and wife were together and they have this discussion about getting some things done around the house, one being the trash, she would come in and she would say, you need to get the trash out. It's been piling up for nearly a week. It's looking like a pyramid, and it's so nasty, I think something's living in it. There's ants, there's stuff just oozing out, it's just a mess. And all you do is balance stuff on top, you never take the trash out, and when you take it out, put a bag back in it, put a bag in it. 
And we get up as husbands and we take the trash out and then we sit back on the couch and then our wife comes back in and says, I thought I said to take the trash out and put a bag in it. <laughs> now we have, to, we have to wipe the trash can out because you didn't put a bag in it. Why didn't you put a bag in it? Did you not, did you not hear what I said? And we naturally always say, I didn't hear that part. But in reality, we pick and choose what we want to hear. And same goes with God. God says, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can we hear me now? And we are saying, well, I hear some of the things you're saying. Because selective hearing is what we want to hear. 2 Timothy 2, 4 and 5 calls it itching ears. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves, teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn unto fables. Selective hearing is choosing to hear what you want to hear, what makes you happy. We don't want to hear the whole truth. We just want to hear the things that make us happy. And when that happens, the selective hearing, when it comes to God, we don't truly hear the voice of God because you have to listen to everything God is trying to say. You see, selective hearing is listening to what's loudest sometimes too. We tend to hear those things that are amplified in our life. It's depression. It's worry. It's fear. It's anxiety. It's opinions. It's ideas. And they're so loud and they're yelling and yelling and yelling and yelling. And you can't hear that voice that God has whispering in your ear. Let me tell you something. God is not going to scream at you. He's not that kind of father. And the reason why he's not that kind of father is because the Bible says this. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. And Proverbs 15 says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. God knows if he's going to have to scream and yell at you, you might just get upset. Leave me alone. And you won't heed properly. But he softly speaks to you as the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 12. He practices what he preaches. He says, still small voice is how I want to speak. And that portion of scripture talked about the lightning and it talked about the thunder and all the things that were going around that was shaking. But God says, I don't, I don't speak through those things. I speak softly. I'm not going to have a yelling competition. I... I'm not going to have a shouting match with anybody or anything. I'm simply going to whisper in your ear. And you have to be selective in listening to what I'm saying. And in order to do that, you have to be still and know that I'm God. When you stop listening to what's loudest in your life, you will begin to hear God speak. Man, that's so hard. Man, I struggle with that. Every day, God has something to say. Even when it seems like he's quiet, he's still speaking. He said, my sheep hear my voice. If you're going to have selective hearing, you better select God and listen to what he's saying. You better get away from everything and everybody that's trying to speak into your life. Even the ones that are sincere. Just tone it all out and say, God, what do you want? What do you want to say to me? Because Shema says, I am listening 
intently hearing what you're saying. It doesn't matter what my mother-in-law says or my own mother. It doesn't matter what my brother or my sister and my friends and family, though they have good input, but God, what are you trying to say to me? I want to select your voice, not their voice. I want, to, I want to listen to what you have to say, not the fear and the depression and the frustration and the, the anxiety that I'm experiencing because it's loud, it's so loud. And God the whole time has been whispering and whispering and whispering. Let me give you a third reason why we don't hear the voice of God. It's not just because of false identity and selective hearing, but it's also sheer disobedience. The Bible says, John 10, 27 and they follow me. The interesting thing about the word Shema is this. The Hebrew word Shema is not only defined as hearing, but doing, obeying. Listening and doing are the two sides of the same coin of Shema. For a matter of fact, the ancient Hebrew, there is no separate word for obey. Obey is to listen. Shema. Listen, obey. You can't have one without the other. You can't say, okay, I'm listening and not obey, because if you're listening and not obeying, it doesn't work because you won't know where to go. If you're obeying and not listening, then you're not going to be paying attention to the directions he's giving. You're just walking around wondering, what's next? And it don't work that way. This is difficult because for us, we like to do things our way, you know? We like to say, I don't think that works best. If you were to say, I will listen and do what you say, you would use the single word Shema. I am not only listening, I'm obeying. I'm following. I I want you to think of it this way. How many have kids? Raise your hand. How many have kids and you love them? Raise the other hand. Good. A few of you didn't raise your hand. Think of it this way. You look at your child and say, I told you to pick up your room. Pick it up. Pick it up, you slob. Pick up your room. And you come back, and the room is not completely picked up. And you say, didn't I tell you to pick up your room? And he says, I didn't hear you. No, you, you, you did hear me. You just didn't listen. In other words, you heard, but you didn't obey. And God says that every day to us. I know what's best for you. Do it. You say, well, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. But God says, no, 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 no. You're not really listening because you're not obeying. The same biblical principle is true in John 10. And for this reason, Jesus says, they hear me and they follow me. They hear me and they follow me, Shema. Those who truly hear, listen, and obey. Again, you can't have one without the other. James 1, says, But be ye doers of the word, not just hearers only. Sheer disobedience prevents clear direction. I'll tell you, I love, love Alabama. I love growing up in the South. I miss the South. But there's things about the South I will never miss. Asking for directions in the South, never miss it. Won't miss it. Ask, how do I get to this location? They'll be like, well, 
What you do is go down the way. You're going to get all the way to the end of the road. Miss Jones lives down there. Miss Jones has been down there about 30 years, maybe 40 years. I'm going to ask my wife about that one. But when you get there, you're just going to find yourself having to take a left turn. You know, you know what I'm saying? And then you go down to the end of the road, and when you get to the stop sign, there's an old tree laying down on the ground. It's been laying there for about 30 years, maybe 40 years. It's an oak tree. Next thing you know, you have a story that goes 30 minutes. And there's no clear direction at all. All I want is an address. Because I have this thing called GPS. And I can put it in my GPS and it's going to give me clear direction. And it's not clear direction because it speaks without an accent. It's clear direction because it has an aerial view. It's called satellite. It has a different perspective than I do. It can see if there's road work ahead, if there's construction, it knows if there's a car wreck, it knows the best way to get there and how to get there in the right time. Sheer disobedience doesn't work with clear direction. God has a different perspective on life. He's better than GPS. He can see what's in store. He knows the turns you have to take. And sometimes we bypass what the GPS says and get ourselves in a mess. Like when I was going to Kentucky, me and Morgan and Ellie were going to Kentucky and I got frustrated because we went through Cincinnati and the traffic was all backed up and it was really angry and I'm just sitting there and the kids are asleep. Ellie and Morgan are asleep and and so I made this executive decision that I am not going to listen to GPS and I veered to the left and it was wide open. Bam, I'm back to 70 miles per hour cruising along. And next thing I know, I'm heading back to Columbus. I am behind. And I'm thinking to myself, i got to speak tonight. I'm going to be late. What am I going to do? And I'm so hungry. Now I can't even stop at McDonald's. And the kids are waking up and watching this emotion. And I'm a mess. Why? Because I did it my way instead of the GPS. It, it seemed better for me to do it this way. So I disobeyed what GPS says. Sometimes that feels good. But in this situation, it wasn't. And in the end, I found myself so far behind because sheer disobedience prevents clear direction. Sheer disobedience prevents faith to follow God's voice. You've been given a precious thing called faith. Man, and sometimes we just don't use it because we just don't want to believe And when we don't believe, we're not listening. We're not hearing the voice of God, Shema, listen and obey. I want to close this way, okay? I want to make this simple because I showed you three reasons why you don't hear the voice of God. But in closing, I I want you to understand how you can hear the voice of God, the Shema. And I figured the best way to do this in the first service, I realized this could not go really well. So I'm going to pick somebody I don't like in the second service I already did. Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. Give Mark a big hand. Yes. You never know what you're going to get when Mark comes on stage. Mark, can you stand over there? You're going to help me here? I won't go rogue, I swear. No, don't go rogue, please. I got some for you because I want to talk to you about what it is to follow the voice of God, okay? Because... I, and now I want to give you a blindfold, okay? You are taller than me. Yeah, here. <laughs> Quit laughing. 
put this on, would you please? Do you need a stool, Dave? Oh, see, he's going rogue already. The reason why I'm having to put this blindfold on is because in order to hear the voice of God, you have to have faith, and faith is blind. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I have a feeling you might be cheating because you might be able to see underneath there. Turn around. I've picked those out just for you. Don't you look good? Give them a big hand. They're so excited for you. Yeah, not really. All right. Faith is tough. You can't see. You're just believing. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you have faith, the second thing you have to do is you have to listen to the voice of God. I'm not God, obviously, but I want you to listen to my voice, okay, Mark? And I said this before, I want you to be very selective in your listening, because if you're not, you're going to listen to other things that are louder. And I don't want you to get distracted, okay? So, Mark, first you have to have faith, second you have to listen, so I want you to take two steps forward, okay? There you go, you're doing great. And Mark, when you're taking steps, sometimes you'll get distracted because some things will get real loud, okay? You listening to me? Yes. You just got to be quiet. Hear the, hear the voice of God, okay? Mm-hmm. Don't let anything get in the way from you hearing. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. You sure you're all right? Yeah. A little breaking. It's good. All right. You got to have that selective hearing, okay? Yeah. Can you hear me? Kind of? Yeah. All right. You're having faith. You're listening. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God's word is powerful. He uses so many different things to speak to you in that still small voice. I want you to take one step forward. But when you have faith and you listen, you have to learn to follow. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I don't know if I picked a good man or not. But he'll do. But I need you to really listen, okay? Because sometimes in life, you're going to have some things that come up. And you're listening to the voice of God. And God, while you're listening, starts to give you direction to follow. And he's ordering your steps. And then things pop up that you never saw coming. Things you didn't even know exist. It's a unicorn. And because you didn't know it exist, you would think it would never happen. You didn't think it would ever come in your life, but it's there. And God was already aware of it. So I'm gonna have you do this. I'm gonna make this easy for you. I need you to take a step about a foot and a half high And lean. Yeah, just keep on going. I was still directing you there. You broke its neck. (laughs) That's following. You still with me? You have faith, you listen, now you're following. And when you follow, it's not easy because things start popping up, these obstacles. It's not just those things that you didn't see coming that you never thought would ever come, but sometimes... This is great. Sometimes it's scary things. It's a monster. I want you to take two steps forward, would you please? Take one more step real big. Ready? There you go. 
Sometimes when things get scary, you don't want to step forward because you're like, I can't do this. I can't take that step. But I need you to lift that right leg high and step over something that's in front of you that's a little scary, okay? Can you do that? All right, go ahead. And then you're going to step over it or behind it. That's good. (laughs) Oh, we're going to rewind? We're going to do it again? You feel good about that? All right, good. No, you don't turn that way. It's over here, okay? Man. God really struggles with you, I bet. <laughs> step, step, step. Hey, you did it. You have faith. You listen. You follow. But I'm going to tell you, there's a point you're going to have to get to there that you trust. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto your own understanding and all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he'll direct thy path. It's, it's a banana. Sometimes in this journey, we get slipped up. We slip up bad because we start thinking, I got this, I got this, I got this. I, I, I got past that, and I got past that. What? And this one shouldn't be hard, but I, sometimes we slip on the, the easiest things in life. I just want you to do this. Can you, can you take a, a step forward, but I need you to lift your leg a little high because there's something in, in front of you. It's not huge, but it's big enough to slip you up, okay? Yeah, you stepped on it. Go ahead. It's all right. Go ahead. There you go. Now you're to a place that really makes a difference. And that place is called trust. You had faith. You had faith. You listened. You followed. Now you got to trust, okay? And when you're trust, it's not always easy. Because trusting in the Lord means you can't use your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct thy path. Well, he directed you to this point, and you don't know where he's bringing you, and you don't know why he brought you down this journey. But you're still listening, right? Mm-hmm. You still hear his voice? Yeah. I just need to let go. Can you do that? Yeah. I want you to be as straight as a board. And I want you to fall backwards when I say, okay? Okay. Can you do that? Yeah. I'm going to die, aren't I? No, you're not. (laughs) You're not going to die. In the first service, the reason why the person had such a hard time with this because they said it was your voice, not God's. (laughs) And they said, I don't trust you, Dave. But you you need to act as if it's God's voice right now. Okay? Can you do that? Yeah. Okay. So can you fall back? Sure. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you kind of squatted. A little bit. Yeah. Why don't you just fall back now? Do it right. <laughs> I want you to stand up. I know this seems silly. No, it doesn't. But the reality is, this is that point in life where I feel like God says, can you hear me now? You see what I was trying to do? Did you have faith? Did you listen? Did you follow? Did you trust? Because in the end, it may not be perfect in your sight, but I have something, and you have to just trust me with it. Because the shepherd leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. It's not for our sake. But the good news is, 
He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the scary things, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. 